Two girls talking. You know what that means. It's time to talk. What's going on in the world? How about your business? How about your life? Let's talk it out. Two girls talking. Hey everyone, it's Anna. And it's Ashley. And I am so excited about our guest today. You will be too once you hear what she's going to talk to us about. And it's about living in a world that we're living in right now with so much fear, anxiety, transition with this virus. Um, I'm so excited to introduce Lori Warren. She is a change agent and author of the newly published book, Wild World Joyful Heart, Unlock Your Power to Create Health and Joy. And Lori is here to teach us how to create health and joy for us right now in a time of global crisis. Lori, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you to both you ladies for inviting me. Well, if there was ever a time, Lori, that we needed talk like this, it is right now because Ash and I have been doing this podcast now for more than a year. And this is like the very first time that she and I are not together doing this. And that's because both of us are, all of us are being very socially responsible and we are distancing ourselves from each other. Um, all of us have kids. None of us want to put anybody in jeopardy, which Ash and I think is the incredibly smart thing to do right now. So I, for one, am incredibly excited to hear your words of wisdom. Yay. Well, I'm excited to talk to you, ladies. All right. Well, before we dive into it with all of your knowledge, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, in addition to my book, I work as a speaker, um, a corporate consultant, and I work with folks individually on their health and well-being. So um, I also have four kids and two grandkids, and which are delightful. And um, before, even before the coronavirus pandemic, I actually am someone that spends a great deal of time outside. Hmm. Oh, that's great. That's, and that's what yeah. we all do. That, that's one thing I'm finding myself doing in the past week and a half, more than I have probably even in the past year. Yeah. Outside every single day. Yep. Or we go crazy. And I feel like that's like dives into the next question. Cause like we are living in a wild world and I just think it's so ironic that Lori's book is titled wild world, joyful heart. Um, so with us living in one of the most challenging times of history, we need your book. We need it right now, but you actually wrote this before the coronavirus exploded in into our world. So tell me what inspired you to write about our wild world. It's almost like you had a premonition. Almost like I did. Yeah. So um, the timing is often very interesting with things. And I always, I often find that in life. And so the reason I originally wrote this book is one of my colleagues, um, the CEO of one of the corporate clients that I work with, um, got on my case one day, I, you know, I say that in a loving way saying, you know, you need to take all the stuff that's in your head, that has helped so many of the people in this company and get it into a book. And so um, I committed to him that I would write my first book in that lunch meeting. That was four years ago. And um, I started writing. And what's interesting, Ashley, is that I wrote a whole first half a book and then I deep sixed it and wrote Wild World Joyful Heart. So the book that he and I both thought I would be writing, which was um, much more sort of technical logistical around health, mm -hmm. um, just when I got into the writing of it, didn't feel like the right book. 
And I, everybody kept saying like, what does that mean? What do you mean the right book? How do you know what that means? I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like it's not the book I'm supposed to be writing right now. And so what's that? It just, it just wasn't your message. It just wasn't the message that I felt Mm -hmm. like needed to be communicated right now. Like right now, meaning, you know, a couple of years ago when I was working on it. And then what was further interesting is that when I was talking, you know, working with my publisher, I said, look, if we're going to publish this book together, you have to have it out by November of this year, of last year. And which is a huge deal. We totally fast-tracked the book and there was a lot of resistance and I got my way and, um, and they were just, we don't understand why it has to come out. Why we want to do it like next spring or summer. I'm like, nope, it has to come out this year. So it's just so funny how, I don't know, I always find life interesting and I'm, um, why, why did not- you push for it? Was it a feeling you had? You just needed uh-huh. it? I felt, like the, I felt like the book needed to come out. Okay. And I felt like that too, working with Lori, like full disclosure, yep. like, cause Lori and I work very, very closely together. I was her publicist. I also felt very intuitively that this book needed to drop in the, this world at a certain time. And I have to say, thank God it did. Yeah. I feel like, um, you know, if people are, are ready to sort of, pull out of the freneticism that's being fed, you know, through the news and we get all sort of frenetic and the world's ending and no, it's not ending. And if you're ready to pull out of that and, and engage with this wild world in a different way, we can all come out of this. Um, not all of us, because it is indeed, you know, the virus can end people's lives for sure. Right. Right. Not so, in a bubonic plague kind of way. Right? right. Like this isn't like you get it and you die. This is, most, for most of us, you get it, you get sick, and then you get better. Um, and, but I think because we've named a pandemic and because it's on the news 24-7 and we're constantly being updated about deaths and shutdowns and, you know, our economy and that we just, we, we've, we're going into sort of um, constant fear mode, even more yeah. than we normally do. Right. And, and it's not going to serve us. It doesn't do anything except make things worse. So how do you think that we should engage differently then with the wild world? I think that, you know, as I talk about in my book, Anna, it, it's how do we tend our mind so that we're engaging with the world, however the world is, in a way that best serves us and the rest of humanity. And being all like, you know, I was talking with a friend yesterday that said, oh, I was in Whole Foods and, you know, a fight broke out <laughs> the shopping aisle. And I'm like, God, it's just silly. Like, yes. it's not, right? So, and I think, and when people are, are um, you know, oh my gosh, like the world's coming to an end or you know, we're all going to die. No, none of that is true. It's, I'm not saying this isn't serious and something we right. need to pay attention to, but it's really more of an economic issue right yeah. now than a health issue and and you know we've created that and and so i think what people need to do in each moment to answer your question and and bear with me while i talk through this whole thing how are you right now well right now i am sitting in my warm home with food in my pantry talking to two lovely intelligent women and i'm doing it via technology and so, and I'm actually looking out the window at conservation land in my backyard. So right now, um, life's good, mm. right? 
right now in this moment that I'm living life good. And actually most of my moments yesterday were good. Um, and, and so I think that if we can just hone in more on the current moment and focus on what I call in the book, our, our creator mindset versus our victim mindset, the victim mindset says, Oh, everybody's making decisions, politicians and, you know, mayors and all these people and, and it's affecting me and now my business, you know, and I like lots of people, I'm a small business owner. Right. Right. So, and I'm a single parent. So this affects, I'm not sitting here from a lap of luxury saying, yeah, there's nothing to worry about. Like this is all real stuff, but, but all I can do in each moment is what I can do in each moment about it. Right. Exactly. Right? Yes. Like, like I'm creating my life experience each moment, the way I think about it. Yes. That's really the whole deal. Right. Right. Because you can talk to people that have been, I have a very, very good friend who is, uh, has, um, metastatic breast cancer and her days are very limited. She's already outlived what they said that she's going to out, you know, how long she's going to live. And she's one of the most joyful people I know because in every moment she's just like, you know what, right now I'm okay. Right. Right now I'm okay. Like I am like, yeah, you know, right you now you're okay. yes. You know, we and, all need to count our blessings. Ashley and I text or talk every single day. <laughs> and more so probably we, we always talked a lot anyway because you know we're friends we're, we're business referral partners we're podcast partners but I think that during this crisis she and I have talked every single day so she knows that every day at least one good thing has happened to me this week in the in the way in, in, the, in the broad view of you know uh, my husband getting laid off this pandemic everything else I had a ticket that was dismissed <laughs> you know I mean I've done there were things that were good and you have to celebrate those. And I, I, I wonder if, if people um, realize just, you know, we work out physically all the time. Everybody does. Every, all of us, the three of us do every single day and does something to work out physically. And I don't really believe that people um, understood or realized how mentally tough we would have to be to do this. Mm. I don't know that we were prepared for that. And I, I kind of feel like that's your message to us. We, right now, um, we are training in bravery. Mm. Oh, that's great. This is boot camp for bravery. Wow. And, and, and we are training in, you know, I personally feel that our world in a lot of ways had gotten sort of, you know, wild and out of control in a lot of ways. People run around all day. I'm so crazy. I'm so busy. Everything's yeah. so busy. And really, because guess what? Everybody now is home and all that stuff they were so busy doing, they're not doing and everything's, you know, they're still living and breathing and eating and being with their family. And so I'm not saying that, you know, this is how the rest of our lives should be sitting in our houses, not, you know, being socially responsible and not being close to each other. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is we will make it through this. And our economy is already affected and will be affected and we'll be dealing with that for a while. But what's going to come out of that for us personally, for us globally, um, how are we going to be more aware instead of always being so focused on our own personal little corner of the world? For instance, right now, people in Africa are not only dealing with the coronavirus, they've got hundreds of billions of locusts eating their food supply and they already didn't have very much food. Yeah, right. Like my little problems in my little world right now are nothing compared to that. 
Absolutely. And it doesn't necessarily make us feel better. You know, like, it's not like, well, but I'm not those people over there. I'm over here. And I did just lose my job. And I, you know, worried about my house going to foreclosure. So it doesn't solve our problems, but perspective can always help us think about our own problems a little bit differently. And again, our mindset is everything we have. It's our bridge or our barrier to how we feel in our everyday life and how we relate to other people. And um, I think if, if you guys wouldn't mind, I'd love to read a little story. Please, yeah. It's a Chinese parable, and, um, and it's just, it's really good food for thought right now. A long, long time ago, um, a Chinese farmer lived on the border of China outside the Great Wall of China, and he raised horses for a living. The old man and his young adult son would ride their horses every day. They would travel great distances to trade horses, meet new people, and enjoy the good fortune that life had bestowed upon them. One morning, a servant left the stable door open, and one of the old man's favorite stallions escaped. When the neighbors heard the news of the stallion's escape, insert sort of our news culture here, they came to comfort the old man. They told him they were sorry to hear the bad news. Oh, this is terrible news, terrible news. And the farmer replied, Good news, bad news, who can say? Mm. One week later, the stallion came back and he brought with him a mare. This was not just any mare, but a rare and valuable white mare. When the neighbors heard of the old man's good luck, they quickly came to congratulate him on the good news. Wow, this is fabulous, this is amazing. Look at this free horse that's special that you got. And the farmer replies, good news, bad news, who can say? A little while later, while his son is riding the said white horse, the horse slipped and fell. She landed on the son's leg and broke his leg. So he would always walk with a limp. Not great for a farmer. Again, the neighbors came to the old man's house to give their sympathy for the bad luck that had befallen his son, his only son. One of the neighbors suggested that the old man sell the mare before any bad, more bad luck could happen. And others said he should take his revenge and shoot the mare. However, the old man did neither. He explained to the neighbors that they should not feel sorrow for his son nor anger towards the mayor. It was purely an accident that could not be predicted and there's nothing he or they could do to change it. Two years later, an enemy invaded the country and all of the old man's neighbors were drafted to defend the country against the attack. Because the old man's son was lame, he was not brought into the fighting. The war was very bad and most of the old neighbors, neighbors were killed. But his son was spared because he'd been hurt by the, very, the white horse two years earlier. Very often when an event takes place that everybody thinks is good luck, the end results are disastrous. In the same way, an unlucky event can bring about happiness. So the reason I wanted to read that story is that I predict that we are going to come out of this thinking about our world and ourselves a little bit differently. We're going to have to right? Mm -hmm. We need to figure out how to be more brave and resilient when things seem really terrible. And we need to learn to have to, to focus on our creator mindset and decide how we're going to function in our own little corner of the world. So for me, personally, that means I actually don't watch the news right now. Mm -hmm. Because if I listen to 24-7 how terrible things are and how this quote-unquote deadly virus is spreading around the world and, you know, people are dying, God, 
almost 2 million people died last year in car accidents, but we didn't stop driving, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Again, yes, should we should be safe. Yes, should we should be doing social distancing for, for really the reason of the whole flattening the curve and not overwhelming our, our medical care right, system. Right. But at the end of the day, we are going to come out of this and we're going to figure out how to create boundaries in our life so that our mental space is different. I don't watch the news. I get, I know what's going on because I get emails from different, you know, um, news things. So I can read through and just kind of get the highlights of what's going on. Right. So I'm aware of what's going on in the world, but I'm not in this drama cyclone. And I can, you know, decide that I'm going to use this time productively. And yes, is my financial situation um, a little unnerving right now? For sure. But I'll figure, I'm not, you know, I'll figure it out. People live in very uncanny circumstances and not only come out of it okay, sometimes they come out of it better. And that's a lot of what that story is about. Yes. Yeah. My, my everyday focus is on how can I keep my mind from running out of control in a way that doesn't serve me. And to just give you guys another, and then I'll stop talking because I'm talking a lot, but, but I have, I run a 21 day cleanse. So I have people at any given time, I run two group cleanses a year and then I have people that just do it on their own. And I have a fair number of people doing it right now. And there's one gentleman reached out to me about three days ago and said, I can't imagine how I would have felt with what's going on right now if I wasn't doing this cleanse. And I've known you for 10 years and I've never done your cleanse. And now's the time I chose to do it before really everything kind of hit. Right. And he said, you know, without caffeine and sugar and alcohol and all the crappy food I put in my body all the time, I'm now getting amazing sleep. My mind feels really clear. And people don't realize it's not just the things I'm talking about, like, oh, not watching the news all the time or getting your mindset in the right situation, but how we care for our bodies also directly affects the way we feel in our mind. Mm. Sugar and alcohol make us feel crappy in our mind. Why do you think people get hangovers? <laughs> right? right. Yeah. So, so I think, and, and it's a tricky time because people are like, yeah, but right now is really when I want to have free cocktails at night. And then I'm tired in the morning, so I want to have loads of caffeine. I'm like, no, but get yourself out of the cycle. Use your creator mindset and say, you know what? I'm going to use this time at home to actually set up good habits for myself. Mm. Try and get a new, this is an, you know, a quote unquote easy time because I have a lot of control over the food I'm eating. I'm not going out with clients and friends and cocktails and fried this and that. Like we have a real opportunity to kind of hit the reset button on our habits, on the way that we relate to ourselves and other people and the world around us. This is like, again, this is a time to learn bravery and to hit the reset button and really change the way we use our mind. Well, I love all this, Lori. I have like, I feel like I have like a million questions, but I'll start with this one is that you say right now, it's like, we need to be spending special care during this time on our immune system. So no sugar, no alcohol, things like that. Can you give our listeners some of your top ways to boost our immune systems right now? So, you know, just to hopefully if we get the virus, we can kick its butt. Or if we don't, we can just continue to sustain a healthy body. Right. Right. Absolutely. So um, first of all, the thing I just mentioned, and probably one of the most important things is to get seven and a half hours or more of quality sleep each night. 
Now, sometimes we don't have control of that. Like the other night when my son didn't come home at curfew and I was up for two hours in the middle of the night worrying about him, I don't have control over that. But for the most part, we have, you know, control over when we go to bed. So at least start by going to bed at a reasonable time, not staying up late watching scary news and then going to bed where you're going to lie awake and think about it, right? Like cycle down, put your devices away, read a book, talk to somebody, call a friend, and then ease yourself into bed, right? So if we can get a quality sleep and, and manage your stress, everything we're talking about right now, Ashley and Anna, the, the idea of changing your mindset, now would be a great time to start a meditation practice mm. or yoga, you know, getting into your body in a different way and just quieting your mind you know, again, for people that are scared of meditation, because it sounds weird and religious, or like you have to empty your mind, you're never going to empty your mind. Like that's a ridiculous right. goal to go it's into a practice. It's, it's meditation it's a practice. is not easy. And people no. people think that being quiet, why can't I be quiet? You know, I don't have ADHD, I can do it. it that's, it's not the same thing at all. You've, right. yeah, it is. It, it's, it's a practice. It's a practice. And even as someone who's been meditating for years, I often have a meditation where I might like have a quietish mind for a minute. Yeah. But that minute is training my mind for more of those minutes. Mm -hmm. So we have to let go of the perfectionism of I'm going to sit down and I'm going to be an amazing meditator. No, you're not. Especially if you're starting out, like it's more like training a puppy. Like it just, it goes to the bathroom on the paper once and then you think it's going to keep doing that. It doesn't, you just keep bringing it back to the paper and right. Just focusing your mind. So managing stress is super important. Um, any movement exercise you can get right now for most of us, that looks like going for a walk. I saw this great story on, I think it was Facebook about a guy that ran a marathon by running the 10 foot. No, 20 foot circumference of his balcony. He literally ran a marathon. He's a marathon runner. So we oh just got running. Wow. Right. I mean, that had to have taken like an entire day. Well, yeah, I guess it probably wouldn't take a lot more time than it was if he was running a mar regular marathon because his marathon. time was basically the yeah, same. So just yeah. running, you're just running in a different place. Yeah. So, so, and I love, you know, when I saw that story, the reason it caught my eye is, oh my God, what a creator mindset. Yeah. Because one of the things that I work with a lot in my practice with people, you know, even though a lot of times we're talking about food and tactical things like sleep, we talk a lot about mindset because that's where it all comes down to, right? Everybody knows that broccoli is better than Doritos. Everybody knows that, yeah. right? Why are they stealing the Doritos? Because of our mind. So what I deal with a lot with folks in my practice is, Instead of telling me why you can't do something, get strategic and talk to me about how you might be able to do it. Get your mind out of, I, I literally had a client say to me just this week, oh, I can't have dinner at a reasonable time because I, you know, I have to feed my dogs and I have to get the dishes done. And I'm like, oh my God, do you hear yourself right now? Like, I didn't say it like that. But I'm like, huh, the dogs could probably wait for an hour yeah. to make time for dinner, right? Mm -hmm. So, so extra, I got off on a tangent there, but like, I just thought that guy's story was so cool. Exercise. And the reason I brought it up is exercise is doable. Even if you're trapped inside, you can walk around the inside of your house. Mm -hmm. um, Do yoga inside your house. That's what I've been doing. Uh, yeah. Right. I've been doing, I've been doing yoga too. And I was so thrilled. I saw on Instagram, a girlfriend of mine is posting all of her yoga stuff, which I've never been able to take because she doesn't live that close to me. Yeah. And I said that close to me. She lives 25 minutes away in Arlington. 
you know, I can't go to her, you know, I can't go to her gym, right? I live in yeah. Springfield. Too but, far. Um, yeah, so far, right? We live on this side of the river, Anna. But um, I was so excited because she posts, she's like, you know, go to my YouTube channel, let's do this. And I was so, I was so happy to do that because now I get to see, I get to see my friend. I get yeah. to see my friend and who I've known for 20 plus years. Love you, Sarah Wascala Zeller. Um, I get to see my friend and I get to see what she gets to do. Yeah. So I get to see her in her element and I get to partake. Yep. Yeah. And I, right. From, so from the luxury the of my own home. And you never would have done that, my guess is, if it had not been for the current situation. Absolutely. That's you are right. absolutely correct. And she probably would not have venture, ventured out into her own YouTube channel for right. her own clients. Right. Had it not Why been. would she? Blessing. Blessing number I've one. Seen, and, and yeah, I mean, I've seen like online, and that's like been the beauty of all this is that there's been a lot of innovation. And I, and I keep saying that, like Anne and I have innovated a new course and I'm seeing a lot of innovation with dance classes that I normally wouldn't be able to go to. They're available online on all these online zoos and online aquariums for my kids and online live streaming yoga. I mean, it's really cool to see all the innovation that's taking place right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and like you said, you were saying earlier, Lori, and this was going to be another question for you. Um, like maybe we can look back and see this as I, I was wondering this and I'm wondering how you feel about it, but do you think one day that we could look back on this experience and see it as a gift? And I asked this because when I went through Lyme disease, as you know, and you've gone through similar issues, I, in that moment, I, it was panic and despair, but looking forward now where I am with Lyme disease, it was a gift. A hundred percent. I'm grateful I had it. Do you think we will feel the same way about this, this moment in time? Again. So yes, if our mindset is such that we're really willing to embrace it as one, right? So if we're, if we're in the mindset, like things are terrible, this is scary, everything's going wrong, the economy's tanking, everything's going to implode. If you want to think that way, that's the way the world will feel for you. Right. But like, Anna, like Anna was saying a, a, a several times, you know, if instead we're focusing on what we focus on is what expands. It, that's yeah. just that. Yeah. And so if we're focusing on, gee, how might I reinvent myself? How might I use this time to organize my house? Because boy, I'm in my house a lot right now. And it's always mm -hmm. annoying that it's a messy. And so I think that if we so choose Ashley we can absolutely look back on this and say, wow, humanity got a really important reset on a lot of the ways that we do things. Yeah. And, and, and I think that we can come out of this smarter, more brave, um, feeling more generous and kind to our other human beings, because I have seen extreme acts of kindness. Yeah, already. absolutely. Absolutely. Where people are, are being, un I saw this again, and I'm not usually on social all that much, but people, because of what I do for work, people keep sending me all these fun links, which is so cool, um, of this man that went out on his uh, balcony in, in Barcelona and started playing a concert. And everybody, yes. you know, everybody's coming out on their balconies to listen. Another guy joined uh -huh. in on his phone on another balcony. And you just get this beautiful human connection that never would have happened if everybody was running about in their crazy busy lives that everything's so important. Right. And so I do feel like if we pay attention, so that's the question. And that's, 
that's what I, that was sort of like the gate that I was putting on at Ashley is, yeah. are we, are we just going to say, oh, this is so terrible and poor us? Because it can be that for sure. Yeah. Or are we going to say, wow. And, you know, I talk about in my book, the three amigos, curiosity, mm-hmm. awareness, and mindfulness. Yeah. So if we can be curious and aware of what's going on and be mindful of how we might interact with it, mm-hmm. then each one of us can come out of this in a, in a different and better situation than we went in. And again, I'm not downplaying the fact that people are going to die from this virus, just like 700,000 die from the flu every day and 2 million die from car accidents. I mean, every day, every year, <laughs> die from, that, that would be a lot. Um, 2 million die from car accidents every year. And, and again, you know, the news is like, oh, you know, 20 more people died. God, if we were reporting the flu like that, we get an email every day saying 1,700 people died yesterday. Yes. I've no, yes. I've been having conversations with the flu. I'm not saying it's the same thing, but what I'm saying is, again, focus on what's really happening, right? Focus on the fact that right now, yes, some people are dying from disease. This has been happening forever. And I'm saying this as a woman that's got four kids, two grandkids, and an 88-year-old mother, knowing that any one of them or me could be one of those people. Yep. But I can't, getting my panties in a wad about it, isn't going to change my immunity or my ability to not get sick or, or if I do get sick to get better. So again, focus on where you can have influence, build up your immunity back to our previous conversation. Caffeine, alcohol, and sugar are terrible, not your friends right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that we can come out of this in a very different state if we use our mind as a bridge and not as a barrier. Lori, let's, let's talk about relationships. Okay. Yeah. In, in this time right now, we, we, we are, hopefully all of us are socially distancing or mm-hmm. I should say social distancing. Um, how can we positively affect our relationships? Yeah. And how, how can we mend some of these things we've done? You and I talked before when Ashley was, was uh, getting set up, you and I talked before about um, this might be a good time us not doing anything, not cruising, maybe, maybe it's time for mother earth to heal, mother nature to heal mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. How can we not only affect that relationship, but, but affect ourselves, our, our own relationships as well. Talk to me about relationships. So we are now in a situation, a lot of us, um, where we're spending a lot of time with our family. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so what, but what's interesting for a lot of people is what comes up when that happens is, um, and again, people, myself included, you know, sometimes things like on a particular day, I'll be like, oh my God, right? Like you just get in that yeah. mindset. Again, it's like meditation. You get in it and then you say, oh, wait a minute, focus on the big picture. And what I do a lot of times is go outside. If I go outside and I look at the big sky and breathe some fresh air, I almost immediately feel a little bit better. So what's very likely to happen as we get sort of cooped up with our family is that some of, and and people are under a little bit of stress, the less lovely sides of our personalities can come out. (laughs) What I I call my book, our messy personhood. We all have our messy personhood, like our messy parts of ourselves. It's all part of us. It's not bad. It's just the way it is. It's part of being a human being. 
And so wouldn't it be interesting to use this time? And again, this is like a meditation. This isn't easy. I'm not saying this is easy, but it's an opportunity to bravely shift the relationships we have in our home by noticing in the moment how we are responding to other people mm. and, and saying, is that really the way I wanted to do that? And I'll give you a perfect personal example. Yesterday, my youngest son, who's 17, um, was walking out of the house and uh, we were having a little discussion about the fact that he broke curfew the last two nights in a row, keeping in, which makes me not sleep. And, yeah. um, you know, cause you're wondering how they're wrapped around a tree, you know, whatever. So um, when he left, we had a disagreement and I said, you always, ha you always have an excuse for everything. So that's not something I would typically, typically say to any of my kids or anybody I care about. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And he, you know, visibly, and he's not used to that. So he turned and looked at me and he's like, wow. And I just said, well, you know, and then I defended myself, which we often do in the moment. We say something crappy and then we defend ourselves, mm -hmm. right? And after he left, I sat there with that and my behavior. And after 50 minutes, I texted him and said, um, hey, I want to apologize for what I said. Not only was it unkind, but it was untrue. And I'm sorry. And, you know, he texted me back and when he came back, he said, you know, you know, thanks for reaching out, mom. That meant a lot to me. Aww. And so, you know, it's a tiny example, but my point in all that is, is I was aware that I had fumbled in my relation with my son. Um, and, and, and that was true because I was being mindful, not in the moment. I was being totally unmindful in the moment, but then I brought it back in, right? Like I'd lost my little three amigo of mindfulness and then I brought it back in. And then I got curious about like, why did I do that? And then it was like, oh, right. Because this morning when I went to get my son's car inspected, I thought that I was going to have to pay $2,000 for a catalytic converter. And it turns out that I don't. But in that moment with everything that's going on right now, I was like, what, where is that going to come from? Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. And you know, again, it's a trivial problem. My son doesn't really need a car. Like it's not like it's a life threatening issue, but in my little world in that moment, it felt like a lot, but I had an opportunity to re-cement the trust I had with my son. And when we say we're sorry, when we, when we're, mindfully engaging with our kids or with our spouse or our partner or our aged parent that lives with us. And in every moment we have an opportunity to circle back because most of us in the moment don't always act perfectly. Yeah. And this whole chapter on this, a very big one in my book, Wild World Joyful Heart, it's called Mindful Relating. And we talk about relating to others in a different way in a way, and this isn't just for families or for friends, it's for global. Imagine if our world leaders mindfully related to each other. Yeah. Instead of always one-upping or fighting or whatever. And so I feel that all big things start small. And if we can start in our homes and use this time to, you know, addressing your question, Anna, use this time to, to circle back with people. If you act badly in the moment, circle back later that's okay sometimes it has even more effect yeah because not only did you act badly but then you were brave enough and you cared enough and you were humble enough to circle back and say wow I know I'm the adult here but that wasn't really good behavior 
and I apologize, you know, and, and that builds trust more than if that had never happened. Mm-hmm. So again, in every moment, there's an opportunity in, um, you know, using mindful relating, and I highly recommend reading that chapter in the book, but using that, and if you don't even know what that is, and you don't want to read the book, just know in the moments where you act badly, you can always circle back. And you can use generosity and humility when relating to the people that you're living with and understanding that they have a whole paradigm, a whole perspective that's different in yours that they're living in every day and, and having respect for that, right? And my son had a different perspective of what was going on around curfew and we had a good conversation about it later. So I don't know if I answer your question. I just got really impassioned and talked yeah, about it. Yeah, I feel like yeah. it- really beautiful and just some really just great insight and also you being able to share a personal example too like you know we're all human and like with me and my three kids they have seen the ugliest side of me and the best side of me probably in one day because of what we're going through right now and like we have to be kind to ourselves and know that you can change your behavior like it's okay like you're gonna be like you said, the messy personhood. Um, and we are going to be that, but it's okay. Like we just, we can change. So it's just beautiful. And Laura, you've been so, so generous with your amazing advice and, and we're grateful for you. I want to give you an opportunity to share with our audience, where can we find more information about you and your work and your book? Because everyone, if you're listening right now, Go out and buy that book. Well, everyone's home in quarantine right now. This is the book you need to be reading and you will come out on the other side of this. Of well, don't go out and buy the book. Go out and order, yeah, go it, on ahead, order it on Amazon. So long Bar- as or, Barnes and Noble, <laughs> or, or Barnes and Noble. And then yeah. you can drop off. And just, yeah. Right. right. Oh. Yeah, Lori, where can we get all the information about you? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, you guys are fun. You ladies are fun. So, um, First of all, the book you can find uh, online, since we're not going to bookstores, um, Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, Books a Million, um, and Audible, which reportedly uh, is a very good way to take in the book. So I have people right now, I'm getting emails and texts. I'm listening to your book for the third time. I actually just have it on repeat um, because I just so need everything in it right now. Um, And I did a lot of work to create a really good, fun, interesting, I did the narration. Um, so that's another great way to take the book in. And um, you can learn more about the book on my webpage, which is um, lauriewarren.com. And um, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn. And um, I just also have to say that right now, while you're home for three weeks, is a great time to do a 21-day cleanse and clean up your food and get caffeine and alcohol and sugar, which we never finished the immunity list. Caffeine, alcohol, and sugar are not helpful for your immunity. So, did you hear that, Anna? We're gonna have to lay off the wine. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get on that, Lori. We'll get on that. <laughs> so, um, it's a it's a great time to clean up your food and um, you know get some of the the drugs that we typically rely on, aka alcohol and caffeine, out of your body, and you'll be amazed at the sleep that you get. Which, again, the most important thing we have right now physically is our immune system that's what we need strong and the worst things for immunity are stress sugar alcohol and crappy food so we actually have a huge amount of control over our state of immunity 
so again, I know you asked where you can reach me and I did say those things, but I had to get that last thing in because that is really just important for people right now. Right, right. I feel like you're speaking right to me. I'm like, what a good reminder. Cause I was, I called Anna last night. I'm having a glass of wine. I'm like, yeah. you know, hot mess, like <laughs> kids. And it's I know. for all of us to just kind of find be, other healthy alternatives. Right. And be gentle with yourselves when you do that. You know, if there's one night when you do that, fine, but don't get into the slippery slope where every night we're slogging back two or three glasses of wine. Yeah. It disrupts our sleep. So yeah. we don't sleep as well. Yep. Um, so anyway, I didn't sleep yeah. well last night. I was up all hours and like, and I'm like, I know exactly why. It's because I was yep. on the phone with Anna drinking wine. Yep. It's all your yep. fault. Yep. <laughs> yep. There you go. Yeah. So, anyways, Lori, this has been amazing. I know it's going to help so many people, and we're so grateful for you. So, thank you. Yes. As our guest on Two Girls Talking, and for all of our listeners, you are not alone. We want to hear from you. If there are any topics that you want us to touch on while we are all going through this together, please reach out to us and let us know. Uh, and thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Lori, thank you. I've really learned so much. Um, Ash, our email with two girls talking podcast at gmail.com. That's it. Yes. That's and so we, you know, one of our assistants is always looking at it. So if you have a question, if you have suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. So thank you, Lori, and thank you, listeners. And we'll talk to you again in two weeks.